Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Did we, did we used to clap? Did we clap? I don't know. I feel like we clapped. Maybe we did clap. Well, I think we did clap. We've just gotten so much better at it. Oh, no, we can't. (laughs) (laughs) What a dream. (laughs) Will somebody get us another drink? Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Tommy. And this is the only musical theatre podcast with codas. And sodas. Such a simple one, by the way. It's good. I love it. How how we miss that one? (laughs) Exactly. Here we take apart your favourite shows, muddle them together with a shot of buffoonery, and pour you a refreshing glass of musical theatre conversation. Tommy, what are you drinking today? Um, it's a it's a glass of water that I had two years ago that I'm drinking in exactly the same manner. With the same number of ice cubes attempting to make here, can you? I'm replicating the replicate the of the drinking of the water and making it sound of exactly how I drank it. I mean, to be honest, I was like, I have no idea what you could possibly <laughs> do other than like a really British drink. Well, aren't they? Aren't the they're the Starbucks girls in that one? I guess I could have said Starbucks. I mean, you could, but come on. I know it's not. It wasn't wasn't as good as my joke. Starbucks for this show. (laughs) I wouldn't believe it. Um, Tommy, why? What are we talking about? Well, I've got a quiz question for you. This movie adaptation of this musical starred Academy Award winner Olivia Colman and Academy Award nominee Tom Hardy. What show? (laughs) I feel like that didn't make sense. No, it didn't. I'm sure it made sense somewhere because some people got it correct because it is London Road. The manhunt for the multiple murderer enters a new phase. The feelings of vulnerability are certainly not helped by the knowledge that whoever carried out this murdering spree is still free to attack again. This huge investigation has had a profound impact. Experts say it could haunt this place with traditionally low levels of crime for a long time. Simon, what atmospheric, well, what's the atmosphere like there right now? Well, I think there's generally a sense of disbelief across this town and also a great sense of sadness. As you know, I've lived in this town for several years and there is an eerie air hanging over it. Though this town itself will bounce back, it can only do do that when this killer is caught 
And uh, today, the answer to that may well lie in it with yourself. Back to you. Police stop and question drivers in the red light district. Officers still trying to trace the last movements of the five murdered prostitutes. There are now more than 350 police officers from 31 forces as far as Northern Ireland working on this case. Experts say it could hold its place with traditionally low levels of crime for a long time. Yeah, London Road. I can't describe how much I have wanted to talk about this show. Jimmy's been trying so to get long. me to do the show for wow, what for a couple of years now? A couple of years. Yep. Um, I yeah, I'm very excited to talk about it. I am, and I am very excited to. I don't know. I kind of hope. Like bring it to a lot of people who probably yeah haven't listened to it, and I knew... I'm gonna encourage you right now. Yeah, go listen to it. Go listen to it. <laughs> like, yeah. it's really important that you do, um, because it's a bit of a different one. Yeah, it's uh, putting it mildly, right? Um, so hey, London Road, uh, music and lyrics by Mr. Adam Cork, book and I guess lyrics, uh, by Alaki Blythe. Yep, um, uh, it's a it's a real life retelling centered around the murders in Ipswich and the eventual eventual trial of Stephen Wright in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, and it opened up in the National Theatre in London in 2011, um, and did very very well. Um, and then there was a very successful, well, I say very successful in the small scale BFI. <laughs> very world, successful in it was successful uh, in there. on Jimmy's DVD player. Yeah, oh, hugely. <laughs> uh, yes, there was a film starring none other than Olivia Coleman, um, Tom Hardy, which I'll put in the vertical. Yeah, he's starring in is it. Really, like, he's, <laughs> he's there, um, and uh, much of the cast from the original uh, production. And that was made in 2015. And that's The Life of London Road. Yeah, it's good. The movie's fantastic. Oh, yes. Um, so what is it? Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> so London Road, the actual play, is looking at the lives of the people who lived on London Road, um, who were part of the Neighbourhood Watch there, which was formed out of the press debacle, the uh, outcry of the five murders um, by Stephen Wright in 2006 in Ipswich in Suffolk. But the fascinating thing about this show is that it is a piece of verbatim theatre. And so unlike maybe any other musical you've ever listened to before, all the words in this show were said by real people and are reproduced as exactly as they can be based on recordings of the people saying the words about the thing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, they kind of marked it as it's the, their words exactly as they said it. And certainly, you know, the, the book parts, that is exactly how it's done. Um, yeah. But for the first time, I guess, uh, they've really tried to musicalize it. Yeah, which is fascinating. Um, the things that they said and have created. But it, it is, you know, it's a story of a, a small community uh, beset upon by first these terrible murders and then the media storm following it and kind of their journey through first the the fear and stress around that and then the, the recovery of this community, of this London road. Yeah. Um, it's got a rich, rich history, Tommy. Shall we dive Straight on in. I just want to talk. Sploosh. Obviously, a lot of people going out for the weekend. 
So um, we're handing out personal alarms to. Um, so that, so that's why we're here. Come on for my daughter, please. Yes, yeah, certainly. Of course, Thank you. Obviously, a lot of people going out for the weekend. We're going to be a bit worried. So I'm there, handing out personal alarms to. Um, Verbatim theatre. Now, first point of order. Yeah. Uh, you call it documentary theatre. I w- verbatim theatre is a is a term I never would have used before this piece. I even perhaps the more Americanized term would be documentary theatre. I don't know if there are enough in the American canon for this to be a recognizable term to you know, a lot of theater majors and stuff. The most accessible one, I think, to American audiences, at least, is the Laramie Project. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. is, a, is a huge piece of verbatim theater. Um, and it is, I don't know, is it, how much verbatim theater is there in the UK? I don't know if I've ever seen a piece in real life other than Laramie Project. Um, I uh, haven't either, mm-hmm. but there is more. <laughs> um, and it's mostly Alaki Blythe. Sure. Um, that does it. There are, there's a few... Um, yeah, there's a few kind of, uh, I, I guess, pioneers of it. Um, sure. Obviously, it's been around for a long time, and Alec Blythe had her own mi- mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a few um, sort of big-name uh, verbatim theatre authors who have their own quite distinct styles mm-hmm. and sort of preferences. Yeah. Um, because obviously, as a genre, there's no... It's theatre. There's no rules attached to it. You right. don't need to do it. But um, the basic principle of uh, going into a community or a population or whatever, um, gathering interviews and using their words to build your story. Yeah. Um, that principle uh, is is reasonably popular over here. Yeah. Um, I think another big one that other people might know um, was it called was it called just eight or was it prop eight? The one about prop eight. Oh yeah. Yep. I remember when that happened vaguely. Um, I think it might have just been called eight, but I do. Was that one? So this is a question I had about verbatim theater and why yeah. I think if I were, I think the the terms verbatim theater and documentary documentary theater are a little incongruous, mm-hmm. um, and the the canon of these works isn't big enough to even start to draw some of these distinctions mm. because it is only a dozen people. But documentary theater has a connotation to me, at least, about a thing already happened and you you know pull primary sources and recreate them on stage whereas mm-hmm. verbatim theater there's another kind of theater trend uh in America called story theater which is kind of similar in that like you are taking the the act of creating the theater the piece itself is a part of the process that you go and retrieve these recordings and the interviews partially with the intent of potentially turning them into a piece, which is, so you, you know, it's, it's a, it's a discussion of, of quantum physics almost verbatim theater is a part of itself where documentary theater looks on a thing that happened. Like you could argue perhaps in a more dramatized sense that, uh, the Crucible is kind of documentary theater, um, as an example. It's not maybe not a great one, but like you're looking at events and then dramatizing them or taking it in 
perhaps with original text, perhaps not. Or right, ver- okay. Where verbatim theater has such <coughs> a focus on exactly recreating. Because Laramie Project doesn't go to the great lengths of, like, recreating the original cadences of the people yes. who talked about the thing, you know, where verbatim theater, like, goes all in on, like, this is, you know, it, it is super Brechtian that way, too. Yeah, very much so. Um, and I think we'll, we'll probably talk a wee bit about that when we get into the, the actual mm-hmm. show. Um, right, okay, that's fair. I think, I'm sure it, it was definitely just the script was built around sure. the, the trial notes and the... Yeah. Um, I might be getting that completely wrong, but I'm I'm pretty what? sure that's what it was. Um, but yes, this was you know, Alicky Blythe went out with her recorder mm-hmm. into this community with the purpose of one day using it, you know, using these conversations to become a piece of verbatim theater. Yeah. And the the um, recordings them, themselves are represented throughout the piece as well. Like like they they play the recordings. The terminology mm-hmm. around this gets a little difficult because are you taught because it is such a recreation when the actor person says it out loud pretending to be the person but also you play the audio that the real person said the original yeah uh, the original interview um yeah and that so um yeah i'll talk a little bit about alicky blythe and and kind of her Mm -hmm. sort of history with verbatim theater because she was quite well known um in her early days sure. uh, for being one of the ones that's very much a stickler of, to the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wanted every single um, every single erm, stutter, yeah. mispronounced word, everything um, to be there. She wanted it to be as authentic as possible. Um, and she was one of the big uh, sort of chiefs of having the actors not learn the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so the actors would be played um, via headsets uh the the speech as they heard it um and they would repeat it two seconds behind yeah um in the cadence all of the arms all of the errors exactly as it said um so the actors never got a script mm-hmm. they were just had these recordings in rehearse with them um and sort of bring the character out through that way um but then kind of as time went on um, and as she adapted her style, even sort of through past London Road and into things she's done since, um, she's moved away from the the headset idea. Sure. Okay. Um, just because she found it was limiting in yeah. the sense of just know, from you've a, got a, your actors a, wearing a, <laughs> from a theatrical <laughs> standpoint. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Um, and kind of allowed or allows our actors now to take a little bit more license. Not still. She's still very much. Uh, focused on keeping the authenticity of the the text and the original source material yeah but the actual system in which it's delivered she's kind of changed and i think london road and her whole process for creating that yeah um was a big part of that and a big part of her changing her style sure it is I, I do find it fascinating. You get, like, verbatim theater started around the mid-70s, uh, the earliest versions of it. And this is the the time in theater, like, this is the weird theater history time. This is when Beckett was really popular and people were yeah. doing a lot of really experimental, you know, weird shit. Um, and I do think, I find it interesting because this is also weird, on the grand mm-hmm. scheme of theatrical things, but verbatim theater um, and Alecki's uh, uh, style, I would say, is surprisingly accessible for how weird it is. Yeah, and like in a in a way that the weirdness, in a way that it it can surpass its own weirdness to then let a you know average Joe audience back into the story, whereas something like 
Blue Man Group capitalizes on its weirdness as an aspect of the thing. Yeah. You know, London Road is weird for five minutes, and then you get it. I I would completely agree. Um, And, yeah, I think I was quite surprised by that. Yeah. By how unweird i find because you know me i love a bit of weird right. and i'm quite open-minded to that um but this is really weird like this is really weird yeah this is is totally uh, is that thing it's like you won't have heard anything like this before no, no. um to this extent so mm-hmm. how do you process like how do you come in and appreciate something like that right um and it is it's strange because with something that's so new like this mm-hmm. it feels like they've got it so right yeah do you know what i mean it doesn't feel like a diamond that needs to still be polished and it's like oh my god keep running with this idea you could do so much it feels like it is done yeah i do i do wonder and maybe we'll talk about this more when we talk about mm. the story like i i think one of the d- difficulties with verbatim theater is you are you know you're you're, you're an artist in search of a story and mm-hmm. There's a trap built into that, which I'm curious about, you know, the, the, cause I don't have the UK perspective on the Ipswich murders either mm. and this trial. Um, mm. And so, like, I have a, a question about the sensationalism around it and that kind of quantum nature of searching for a story. Certainly, you haven't, you know, you don't have the same sort of knobs you can turn to dramatize a story because you're sticking exactly to the words people said. And so yeah. then I'm curious about the, the rest of the process surrounding that. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly curious, not in an accusatory, yeah. like, what have they, you know, what are they lying about? How do they? Um, yeah, and it is hugely fascinating. So there's a couple of really good books um, that I've read uh, on just verbatim theater. Uh-huh. Um and it's I think they kind of take like three or four authors, okay. sort of case studies and how they how they do it um, differently. And I'll link them in the show notes, and I will send you your own personal copy um, <laughs> uh, because it is really interesting. And kind of the answer is, who knows? Like right. because it, it still feels very much like I say, the rules are unwritten. Yeah. How you do this, the best way to do this is still to be determined. Right. Um, and even it's, I just find it really interesting that even that something as niche as verbatim theater has all of this discrepancy within it and sure. all of these different approaches. Yeah. I, think, I just think that's utterly fascinating. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think we, we will definitely talk um, in a bit about uh, this sort of, like you say, the sensationalizing. Yeah. Um, but to, to jump on that idea of like going in search for a story. Sure. Um, I know that when London Road the the kind of the seed of the idea was was first created um Alligator, i think had like five or six different mm-hmm. archives of material or ideas yeah. up her sleeve yeah um and she didn't go with london road as right. this is my thing like this is gonna be amazing i want to yeah. make a musical out of this yeah um it was just complete happenstance and that's that's what i absolutely love about this is uh-huh something that's so new and groundbreaking yeah was never meant to happen right you know what i mean um she was at uh i think it was like a symposium or something like that um with composers mm-hmm. um and writers brought together to like some kind of artist collecting things, things. Yeah. yeah um and she found adam cork um and together they kind of realized that actually these recordings from the, these um 
this community during the, the murders. Yeah. And I think this was early on. So I don't think he had uh, gone to trial even yet. The, yes, I think the, this was still really the forward early of the on. script mentions that, that then she goes back to do more interviews and live, basically. She absolutely does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and finds this other, this whole other story about this community there. Yeah. Um, and how they've changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just, I love that because that is proper fate stuff we're talking here. That, right. You know, Adam Cork was so up for taking on this huge challenge. Like he, he's literally done something that hasn't, hasn't been done. Yeah. Before. And uh, to have the confidence in the chutzpah to be like right yeah okay and to do it and to do it in a way that was so popularly successful not i mean you know not clearly not enough to make it into everyone's psyche but this you know wasn't wasn't a a a sleeper weird piece of of uh bespoke art like this was and to be honest like i would say most of the negative reviews about it don't say that it doesn't work interesting i mean i i've i've yet I've yet to really see someone be like, do you know what? This is a concept. Like people obviously aren't a fan. Right. That's fine. But I think all of them say that it works. Yeah. That the way that they've gone about it. Yeah. Absolutely makes sense. And that it is the only way that you could do it. Yeah. Um, they just might not be into the music or right. the the content. You know, like that's, they have issues as if it was just any other show. Right. Um, and I adore that. I think that is so brilliant yeah um because yeah i think um musical theater in the verbatim world Uh we have had some uh what's that word i'm looking for eclipsing sure yes um of that venn diagram uh kind of as far back like i said in the 70s as a chorus line Mm -hmm. um so a chorus line was formed uh with michael bennett going to his gypsy friends Mm -hmm. and being like do tell me about your dancing career. Tell me about your lives and your stories. And they recorded all of it. Yeah. Um, and then he took from that and took certain, some of their words and worked with mm-hmm. the writers to turn it into a show that is a really incredible show. Right. Um, and also, like, there are some verbatim elements in there. Like, there are stutters and there are some erms and mm-hmm. weird cutoffs and things like that that yeah. he's kept. Yeah. Um, but certainly Marvin Hamlish mm-hmm. didn't go through the cadence of each of the sentences right. and add, yeah. uh, by Bayork Glee to be like, okay, <laughs> let's see what she's saying right. here. This and is, now I'm going to create This a measures in 5-4 and this measures in 4-4 four, four, and this measures in 2-4. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. There was none of that. Marvin Hamlish just had a lovely old time of just writing some nice <laughs> songs. Um, and I think that's where London Road sits as the yeah. the tide changer. You sure. know what I mean? That's this well, is and you, you, you do see this kind of pendulum swing in in the whole theater compendium from, you know, realism to naturalism to impressionism and like how, you know, are you looking are you ex- what's the level of verisimilitude you're you're yeah. supposed to be perceiving on stage? Is this supposed to be perceived as a real story or some kind of romanticized interpretation of a real story or something that you interpret as being entirely fake? And so it's interesting. Verbatim seems to like, you know, the pendulum swings just a little further than maybe it ever had in that direction before. Oh, massive. I, I think it smashed through a little <laughs> pane of glass. Like something went really wrong. Sure. <laughs> well, didn't it? So it went very right. It smashed into <laughs> a pane of glass. And, I don't know. Um, but yeah, and I think um, more recently, uh, we have to acknowledge Come From Away. Of course. 
because it was kind of done in a, a similar-ish yeah. uh, style. I would say closer to what the, the way a chorus line did it mm-hmm. as opposed to how Adam Cork has done it. Yeah. Um, but again, um, those writers went to Gander, yeah. uh, spoke to everyone, right. uh, and well, got their stories. And both Come From Away and London Road are about a, a, a thing, an event happening. Uh, Whereas yes. a chorus line, that happening is invented, the audition, to pull the yes. whole thing together. Um, I just find that, yeah, I find it fascinating. I'm still trying to wrap my brain to r- brain around a particular, like, human fascination with the replication of life on stage, I yes. guess. And maybe that is theater, you know, maybe that I'm just, you know, struggling with that spark of theater. But, like, right. eventually, there's there's some threshold at which it's just boring. You don't want to watch the, exact yeah. real life on stage, right? I mean, maybe but you then do. The question is, is maybe you do because, right? So we have this TV show uh-huh. in the UK. I don't know if you have an equivalent, uh-huh. um, but it's called Gogglebox. Okay. Do you know? No, I know about nothing this? about this. So Gogglebox is is the the precipice of the twenty first century because uh-huh. Gogglebox is um, a TV show where a bunch of families are watching TV. How oh, fascinating! And talking about it okay as it happens yeah and it's not like it's not like a fine brothers reacts video where they sure. watch it and then they'll get some questions about it yeah they're literally just sat watching it and it's talking. a it's a, a video game let's play but for television a hundred percent you're it. watching people watch television that's fascinating um, so yeah like that and it's huge yeah people adore it because it, it's so human I right think that's the thing is like the key to all of these stories and the key to why they're all because let's face it a course line and come from away are universally loved absolutely you know what i mean um because they're mm-hmm. so honest yeah so i've got your next one guys <laughs> london <laughs> road one exactly you're gonna universally love yeah um, but yeah i think that's it it's just that it's the humanity that exists within them sure you're not creating re- relatability the relatability right. is just right there for you to yeah to well, enjoy. i i would i would revise your sentence you create mm-hmm. the relatability by the choice of the thing as mm-hmm. opposed to the writing of the script Yes. Yeah. Like the the creation point moves a little bit, which is just that's interesting to to me. In yeah. A way that it's hard because to I there, I imagine that there are plenty of, uh, you know, someone could be like, I think this would make a great verbatim piece. I'm going to go out and look at that, and it probably just wouldn't work because right of whatever reason. But I think yeah, the kind of key thing, the key thread taking all these through is is this idea of coming together. Like it's weird sure. the idea of coming together yeah. um and showing the the kind of life without humanity. Yeah. of it. Um and I think that's quite cool. It is it's cool. It's just a really cool thing. I do the um, the weasel question I'm about to ask. Yeah. I know it's a weasel question. Is it a musical? Yes. Okay, tell me why. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> weasel question right back at you. It's my with insult. Um, what is a musical? I know. Well, and that's it, you know, there's begging right. the question. Um, right. But it because it, this has, um, you know, I mean, if if you looked at it, if, if this was being created, mm-hmm. right? If you were like, or you know, these Ipswich murders happened. I'm going to write a musical about it as right. if you would ever have those thoughts. But for some reason, you're like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, if you were song spotting right. that event, um, I think you would come up with 
most of these yeah numbers fair. or certainly a lot of the the non-community yeah. ones yeah right you would, you would get those ideas absolutely those these songs exist as standalone songs yeah um it's not it's not the kind of national theater play with the music right you know i mean the songs aren't um what's the word bird what is the word uh you know what? it's a diegetic diegetic thank you um these songs are not diegetic right uh, these are very much yeah numbers yeah you know um and i think going into the national theater and sitting down and watching it you would relate to it as a musical sure and i think that's true and it lives in the ecosystem of musicals and i i think honestly one of the most defining factors of what a musical is is if a piece calls itself a musical which this one does Absolutely. Yeah, yeah 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 but i do it it, it you know quote unquote breaks so many of the rules like mm-hmm. there is you know one of the tried and true uh, uh uh truisms of musical theater is you you act until you can't take it and then you start singing and then you sing till you can't take it and then you start dancing and this show <laughs> this show doesn't follow that at all it doesn't no not at all it's sort of like i don't, I don't even know how you leave song spotted it that you live until you can't live any harder and right yeah you have to sing a song. yeah um yeah but, no yeah it, it's true um because and i think when we get to talk about the content a bit more as well um characters mm-hmm. in this show is a very loose term yeah i couldn't tell you any of their names right um they have names and they have identifiable characters but there's no you're not on anyone's journey with right them. yeah you know what i mean um and that was that's a, a huge part of the actual book um, right it's all multi-rolled yeah you know what i mean there's, there's a relatively small cast with yeah. a character roster of foretell people shocker rooney very like come from away right um you know what i mean obviously come from away's characters are a lot more right and you're still out. kind of following their, th- their through lines but this one it's right. you know talking heads um, and so that's that would be my only tiny little argument for it being something else sure um but i still think it's a musical yeah i i think i agree it yeah. is it is just an interesting you know th- thought experiment because it's so bloody different because it's so different and you wonder you know you wonder how these things begin um like when does a genre you know mitosis away from its predecessor to become a yeah. new thing verbatim theater yeah. certainly isn't there yet yeah but this could be the seed of something like that. If absolutely, I, I think the caveat is I don't think verbatim theater would ever become that popular. I don't think there's enough good content to sustain that sort of not at all piece. Or it's set so much of work. It's so much so work. much work. Yeah, like I, and that, I, I think that's it. Is you know my first question after seeing this was like, why isn't this the new thing? Like, right. why haven't we seen at least twenty more of these? Yeah, because it was this happenstance do you right. know what i mean it was just so right. just so happened that we had an expert in verbatim theater yeah willing and ready yeah to open her mind and do yeah. a bit of musical theater right um when it does it does um i was thinking about uh cellular material um yeah which is <laughs> Where <are you> now? <laughs> I, as i as i do um can we just say sperm um <laughs> yeah and the I think this is part of the thing that ma- makes it accessible. I think this is also the thing that is why it's better as a musical than just a piece of verbatim straight theater. 
mm-hmm. is because they're able to take a lot of these um, uh, tropes or speech patterns centered around news reporting and interviewing that become very easily musicalized. Cellular material is the easiest one to demonstrate because he's doing several takes of the same thing. And because the way they musicalized a lot of these pieces was through repetition. Most of the time, the repetition doesn't make sense in a story standpoint. It's just to make the music a little more interesting. And it certainly does. Um, And then, you know, it it feeds back on itself and makes the text more interesting, hearing it recontextualized (laughs) either through different characters or in different music. But... Because of that very particular, it's why I think you know, I think cellular material is one of the most brilliant pieces in the show. Um, it's also why I'm really happy, and we'll talk about this when we talk about the film, but that they rearranged the film to start with news reports, right? Because yeah, we will definitely talk about that. There is this thing about uh, intended repetition and building that repetition into your plot a little bit that then yep. forgives the accidental repetition before and after it. Yeah. Well, I, I. I think it just works. I think, I think it just makes a lot of sense. And I think it just, because all of the, and there is a lot of repetition yeah. within it, whether it's like a hook or whether it's like, it just feels like a chorus. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of it, but really it kind of does that sort of very historical theater moment of hammering home a point. Right. Like, yeah. I will repeat something at you because yeah. this is my but message. It, but it does it so much better than like a, a Cole Porter or something. Not in in that sort of catchy tune, you're hearing the the chorus again so that you can hear the chorus again. In yeah. this one, you automatically think it could be him or yeah. him or him, and that's the plot, but then they use it like it's that's so And it's just it's the so same clever. thing. They don't say you know what I mean, they, they right. don't say anything different. But whether it's adding more voices or whether it's, you know, uh, changing up the harmony in this line and this repetition, yep. it feels like a new idea. Yeah. Um, the, just the whole concept of, um, it, like, it doesn't matter whose words they are. Right. They're everyone's words. Yeah. Like, that is, that's a genius thing because yeah. it, that, therefore, gives you community straight away. Everyone is having these same thoughts and you're on that ride with everyone. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who says it. Yeah. Because this is the feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is, it's bloody genius. It is cool. It is. Yeah. Um, I do the, I did briefly want to talk about, have you heard about Charles Cornell? You, I have. I can sing you one if you want. <laughs> which one's your favorite? I really like his uh, uh, Blow the Coronavirus Away one. Um, oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's very funny. It's some uh, televangelist who's like, I'm, uh, COVID-19, I blow you away. The winds of God. Um, Brilliant. It's delightful. C- uh, Charles Cornell is a, a internet pianist. Yeah, the one, the one that... I love the most is the one that made him go viral, which uh-huh. is Cardi B. Yes. <laughs> None of you bitches. None of you bitches. It's, it's again, it's exactly everything that we're talking about. Yeah. It, it's it, all scored. <laughs> yeah. He, he takes, you know, viral videos, TikToks and what would have been vines if vines still existed um, and adds music to them, but in a very particular way that keeps the, you know, the video and the, the text of it literally, as much as it the same as it could be yeah it's a cool um, it's a cool it's skill a to have uh, you've also written as well the gregory brothers oh yes auto tune the news which is a huge throwback a huge i know which is really upsetting like auto news is like my early days youtube yeah. binging. yeah 
so good though so good and there's a lot of the i was rewatching the movie and the the intro bit with the newscasters there's a couple where they did just auto tune them they're not singing but they just pitched uh-huh. their voices just a little bit cuz they're playing with like are they singing aren't they singing we're just going to make you think they're singing a little bit um and it just it gave me an auto tune the news flashback but it is so you know funny. it's these weird corners of like uh, uh, you know, whatever the human satisfaction center is that like we find these things entertaining, but it's a little difficult to articulate why. Massively, massively. It is. It's so, it's, again, it's so satisfying because yeah. this is an activity that anyone could do. Right. Do you know what I mean? You could auto-tune our, auto-tune our podcast. You could musicalize any of our podcast episodes. Yeah. Um, and it would be something. It would be you something. I mean? It would be entertaining. It. It's still yeah. an activity that you could do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that kind of innate musicality. Um, and yeah, when we got on to talk about the film and, and the opening of the film, I think it was extremely... It was very clever. Smart. Yeah. Very clever. I want to get myself clean if I could do anything, you know, like get myself clean for them almost. Do you know what ask I mean? Ask what, ask what yeah, I've done. Ask like, what I've done. Know, getting myself clean as a sense of There's been help given us, yeah. There's girls that in took it. And there's the girls that girls that took it. And the girls that took it, a lot of them are doing really well. I go and, you know, this has been a year later now. And, yeah, we're coming about three times. And... What with other organisations and stuff, you know, there has been a help there, you know. With other organisations and stuff, you know, there has been a help there. We've all stopped, we've all stopped, we've all stopped now. And it, and it has been because of the murders that we've all stopped. Yeah, that's why, like, we've all stopped. I've got well saying that I got regulars. We got regulars. That phone and we see, you know... Won't work the street, but we got a few regulars that keep us going. You know, won't work the street, but we got a few regulars that keep us going. just do like instead of hundreds of pounds worth of drugs a day now all i do is like 15 pounds worth of drugs a day now if that i don't use it every day anymore maybe occasionally now i still use i'm still trying to get over that hurdle but it's just that last little bit you gotta get off yeah a year ago like there is such a change i never thought i'd get back to where i am now i really didn't like, I've never been this big before. Either I was, like, a size fucking six. No, I put on weight. I was, we like, a size six. Weight. Yeah. We wasn't... It took all that for anyone yeah, to start helping upsetting. us. Yeah, that's what's upsetting. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what's upsetting. Yeah, yeah, that's what's upsetting. Yeah. Took those to five girls. That's what makes me feel I want to get clean for them because it took their it's lives. It took their lives for them to, to help us. Come on, let's get these girls off the street. Come on, let's, let's get, get these girls, girls off the street. street. Jimmy, tell me about the Ipswich Ripper, and then maybe I'll tell you about O.J. Simpson. Okay. Um, so I was young. I was... No, I probably wasn't that young. 16? 15, okay. 16, when this was all happening. Yeah. Um, and I remember it happening... Mm-hmm. But I wasn't so I wasn't a big newsboy. Sure, um, and also not English. Right, and that is a bit different. But yeah. I mean, we don't often get serial killers in the UK, sure. so it was definitely notable. Yeah, 
Um, so I do remember it happening. Um, but to the extent at which it is discussed in London Road, mm-hmm. not at all. And um, I'm quite grateful yeah. to London Road because I now know a lot about <laughs> you sure. know, this crime. Yeah. Um, purely because of this. Yeah. Well, I am interested because like, I think this is a, a, a UK-US difference. Mm-hmm. Not that the United States has tons of serial killers, but we there is a sensationalism around it and like i'm curious about the 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 um landscape of news sensationalism in mm-hmm. where you are and where i am like do you have do they televise car chases in the uk do they have car chases we can't re- it's really hard for us to have car chases just because we don't have these mad extensive yeah. freeways sure um like we've got motorways but there's always congestion so right. good luck to you yeah, you know what I mean? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like um, we have local there you know all the time through the streets of california or something someone steals a van uh-huh. and drives around you know terrorizing the the local suburb and it'll be on cnn and then you know 10 years later they'll make a compilation of all of them to air on a different channel like oh then the perpetrator you know took a hard left here watch this cop car and like i i get the sense which is perhaps true that that is a uniquely united states thing it's i mean like it does happen like we do obviously we've got you know um reality tv crime shows sure. where they, you've got the dashboard cam and you're following them around but it's not to the like like you say the oj simpson yeah high stakes right everyone is gripped at their tv watching this exactly know? well and oj simpson is actually technically a little before my time um mm. but it, you know you know who oj simpson is and are aware of yeah, the, uh-huh. the, the sensational trial which is a wild thing and like the, the this musical touches on this this uh phenomenon of like sensationalizing a piece and Mm -hmm. does play a very tricky line where i i like i guess the question i have is like was you know stephen wright's trial and these serial killings over sensationalized for its time or appropriately sensationalized I would, I mean, obviously, I, I wish I could remember and I sure. wish I could, you know, but I think the fact that I'm not as hugely aware about it right. probably means that it wasn't over-sensationalized. Right. Um, and I think that, even though it was only, what, 14 years ago? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, 2006. Like, yeah. I, that was a, a very different time. Right. News-wise, and yeah. how we digest news and how we talk about news. Yeah. Um, and... I think it's just a difference in time. I think if it happened now, it'd be a completely different thing. Fascinating. Absolutely would be sensationalized. Yes. But I think at the time it was reported on as any other news story would have been. Yeah. Um, Definitely voraciously because it was huge news. Right. But not to the extent where, you know, it would be getting memed about right well because it is a lot of the the you know the community sentiment that they follow is that these people who live on london road not that they're being terrorized by the news but they're kind of sick of it um which is fascinating to me which which would lead me to believe that at least to some people it was more than it needed to be well i think um it's it's interesting. Like the 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 actual play talks about this. That the film doesn't. Okay. Um. They've got a number basically about this idea. Mm-hmm. Um. It's called "They Like a Good Moan." It's mm. so good. It's yes. so bloody British. Yes. 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 Um. And there's like tiny snippets of the the 
interview dialogue uh-huh. um worked into the film um but not as a not as a number yeah um and basically it's two members of the press mm-hmm. talking about how they love to moan about us they say that they hate us being here but they all still watch the news and buy the papers right um and it, it they've kind of got a point Do yeah you know what i mean like it is it's like you can moan and hate but if we weren't here you would be missing it. Do you know what I mean? You still consume what we do. Right. Um, and yeah, I think that's a really good, just interesting discussion yeah. number. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, media. Yeah. Right. It has to be there. Well, I mean, we've decided that it has to be there. It's such a fascinating, I find discussions of contemporary news so fascinating because it's mm. a, it's an accident. You know, you used to need the newspaper because how else did you know what was happening anywhere or like totally. with the war, whichever one it was, right? Right. Uh-huh. You want to know. Now people watch Gogglebox, right? So Right, exactly. Well, I'm just like, do you want the news? Okay, let me go on Twitter. This is literally, it's happened five seconds ago and I can tell you everything right. about it. Right, exactly. You know, and and then it is a question of like, what is newsworthy? Well, anything can be. And so then what is more newsworthy? Probably a serial killer, but uh-huh. maybe not to the point. Yeah. News ethics, I always find fascinating, especially really? in, yeah, totally. in like, today's day and age. Yeah, massively. And I think, again, like to give London Road its plot, it's like, it, because it was a news story, like it is, yeah. that isn't what the play is about. Right. But at the center of it is a, as a news story yeah um and the characters in the show rely on the news yeah um and watch the news as part of it um i think it is just a really interesting documentation of yeah. of that and how things are reported and how we consume right yeah that. i i did so also on the difference between the united states and the united kingdom yeah. um what's a personal alarm i can make an assumption but <laughs> That would be a rape alarm. Okay. and But, like, it's electronic, and you, like, pull a button, and it's like, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it, I, the, the... <laughs> That's fascinating. If this, if this were America, they'd be handing out pepper spray. Um, yes. And, like, d- defensive things, you know, because we got our guns. Um, of course. It's just an interesting, you know, I, I find the, the difference between the handling of crime in the UK and the US in subtle ways, uh, uh, enlightening. <laughs> yeah. It's very British. Even the fact that we call them personal alarms. Right, I know. It's so... Do you know it, what I mean? Yeah. It's not a rape whistle, it's a personal alarm. Right, it's like going to the washroom. Like, yeah, it, you know, it, it's the toilet. Yeah, right? it's very British. Yeah. <laughs> when it is, like, I have all these questions. Like, do you have, do you have stranger danger? We ever talk we have, about yeah, stranger danger? Yes, uh-huh, we are, but not. Again, it's not like hammer. I mean, I don't know if it's hammered home for you guys, but it's not hammered home for us. But we're taught, yeah, don't go into right. You know, if uh, you know strangers with candy, like that kind of thing. Right, exactly. But it, like, the, I, the, I haven't been at school in a long time, so maybe nowadays <laughs> that's it might fair. Be different, right? Do you know what I mean, yeah. You know, I, I'm just, I'm just so curious about how the public perception of crime and. Uh, law enforcement and yeah. crime investigation you know we i i think sometimes we have these assumptions that and certainly the the <laughs> the dialogue on american cops is deep and wide and not something i want to get too muddy into mm-hmm. but we have these assumptions that police are police are police but i think 
you know, the difference between a Bobby and a cop is quite different. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm a white male, so I've got no idea. Um, about if it's any different over here. Yeah. Uh, the idea would be that it, it is. Yeah. But I'm I'm not the person to say. Um. So I I don't know. Yeah. But we have a really good TV show called Line of Duty. Yeah. Um, which is really honestly an incredible piece of TV, and that goes into our corrupt police. Fascinating. <laughs> um, and the corruption of it. It's not reality. It's right. fiction. It's fiction. But I'm sure it's quite realistic yeah. in some ways. Um. See, we, yeah, so I, I, I we, we we have cops where they just run around chasing the cops, like the television yeah. show Cops. Yeah. Oh, okay. Bad boy, bad boy, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. Fat cop jumps um, over a fence. Bad cops, bad cops. Bad, that's a Simpsons reference. And you see, you can't pull these Simpsons references on me. Those are the yellow cartoon people, right? That is what's nice. <laughs> um, what I will say, though, about in terms of... Um, things it discusses that I think is extremely mm-hmm. topical, interesting, controversial, um, is its discussion of sex work. Mm, sure. We've not really talked about sex work in the podcast. Uh, it's one of the only social issues that I don't think... We've, well, we've not done the life, so... Yeah, I no, that's or fascinating. Or Best Little Whorehouse, so... I can't I'm surprised think we haven't. Well, all right, let's open that door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, and again, I think, like, it, as with a lot of social issues tides are changing and people are thinking about things now absolutely um so i think even from 14 years ago when this was written Mm -hmm. people have different opinions about sex work and what that means um but certainly in london road uh i think its discussion is really interesting yeah it's very it's very nuanced which i like it's extremely nuanced to me that's what this show is about yeah sure do you accept that? I think, I mean, this show is just about what, it's verbatim, it's just what happened. It is what it is, yeah. Right. Um, and so I think but, it's hard to qualify exactly that. But uh-huh. the, you know, there is this sense that the the sex workers don't quite get their due. No, like that, to me, like that's the story that I care about in yeah. here. Um, and I think it's really interesting hearing people who have seen the play mm-hmm. and seen the film yeah, and the differences they feel there, because I actually think they tell two different stories. Interesting. Um, and yeah, when we talk about the two comparatively, yeah. I'll talk yeah. more about this, but um, yeah, really uh, sort of sex work in London Road, it, it comes up as an issue because Steve Wright only killed sex workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, therefore the residents and everyone have opinions about that right um and not really any of them are good right yeah you know what i mean there's i mean there isn't a you know there is a chorus of those poor girls and like well so this is it they are the only people that speak about it yeah in a positive way are the sex workers themselves yeah um and it's not even in a positive way but in a a non- stereotyped yeah non-judgmental yeah you know in a way that doesn't like just categorize them and and put them in a bucket right exactly um to me that is the most important song we've all stopped it's called yeah um that is it's my favorite song in the piece Mm -hmm. it's the most important song i in my opinion because of the story that i think this tells sure um 
but I keep holding up the book. I realise no one can see me do this. <laughs> I've got the play in my hand. You might be able to hear the, the pages. It's a very sonic um, experience. Yes. Uh, but that's, that is the story that I... I'm kind of here for yeah um if i was ever directing this that's the story that i would be telling yeah um because you've got the world that you've got is this community this neighborhood watch community right and actually a part of this community are these sex workers whether they like it or not right they're still a part of this community and where do they fit in yeah well the answer is they don't right um and what are we going to do about that yeah and there there is a reading of this play that like oh man this terrible thing happened around all of these people but not really to them they're just kind of upset about it in a in a in a yeah you know not in my backyard kind of way and so. and they you know fix it by planting a bunch of flowers um yep. and like they're and i do th- you know certainly didn't i did not see the stage play but the movie did give me a kind of like double pronged uh, uh bittersweet feeling about that that on yeah. the one hand you are happy for this community that they were able to you know come together clean up their road recover from the stress and the very real stress of this these tragedies yeah but also a like what are you all celebrating kind of feeling at the end of it exactly it's like your work's not done pals. right like yeah. <clears throat> and it, it, it's, it's one of those things that because the beauty of it being verbatim theater is they talk about that you know one of the lines that they say in fact the play opens with is we've not had much trouble with the girls recently mm-hmm. um and that's thanks to the police you know right and it's so it's so passive it's not like it's been great the girls are um working through we've got them places in shelters or rehab rehab clinics like there's nothing like that it's just like the trouble's gone yeah like we've not had much issue with them it's it takes all of the humanity out of them right um and i think all the way through all of the neighborhood watch committee speak without any speak of them with any humanity like without any humanity now i mean i've not i've not lived in a community where there's a big sex work problem sure do you know what i mean uh so i i don't know what it's like and they do say that sometimes they would get threatened or propositioned or things like that um but these girls were losing their lives so yeah really where's your problem (laughs) and it it is you know they they show the same community voices both like being outraged and so angry at stephen wright and you know so upset about this terrible terrible thing but also you know they there is a like well they deserved it sort of feeling yeah a lot of the characters have and both of those at the same time i don't know if that works it just doesn't work because that's it it's like well who you who are you angry about here do you know i mean are you angry because someone committed a murder in your neighborhood or are you angry about who got murdered right yeah and do you know what i mean the great part about it is because it's verbatim theater that paradox is just true and so it's just true it just shines a light on it in a you know really Um, interesting way I think the linchpin of it, and it's it, it, it is brilliant yeah. the way that Alec has written it, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, is the very end. Yes. Uh, and just before we have the street party, mm-hmm. actually, just before we have the street party and um, the the celebration of all the plants, um, we get a speech from Julie, who is in some ways your main character. That's she's Olivia Coleman. Yeah, she's as close as you could get to a protagonist. Yes, yeah, she's the she's the events organizer in yeah. the um the committee um and she is a a mother you never see her husband i don't know if she's a single mother or not Hmm. let me see if that's in the cast of characters um 
you never see your husband most of it is they're couples okay yeah um it doesn't say so it, maybe her husband didn't want to be interviewed or something mm-hmm. if she does have one if not anyway um she is a mother um, and she's quite vocal. She's the one who comes up with the whole idea of London Road and Bloom yeah. um, and getting everyone to sort out their gardens. Um, and she's quite a prominent voice throughout yeah. the whole piece. Um, and quite well-spoken and quite... You know what I mean? You, you listen to her and you're there for what she says. And right at the end, she has this monologue. That's weird calling it a monologue, but that's it's it's what, what it is. It's what it is, yeah. Um where she talks about the fact that um if she could she would shake him by the hand mm-hmm. and say thanks yeah for getting rid of these girls um and it's the most like disarming yeah jarring yeah things that i've seen in theater like yeah. it really is it's it's because it's real i think right. that's it is because that's when you realize this isn't someone just writing a like aha here's your protagonist right saying something bad and happily ever no. after yeah but but also you know clearly she has some like her her neighbors are much more friendly than they had ever been previously mm-hmm. there is this brand new coat of paint across the whole thing Absolutely. she's got plenty to be grateful for and it's because of the serial killer yeah um and I don't, it's just that she the battle that she picks is right against the sex workers and, and not seeing them i assume and just seeing them as as a, a dirt presence on her street and i think that's it's really good theater is what it is yeah Do you know what i mean it is yeah. exactly what theater is about yeah um because it makes you feel an awful lot right yeah well, <laughs> and then you get to go and have the ending right and it's really well done right Do and it does I mean? you know I, it is the reason like the question why verbatim theater that's the answer is it showcases the complexity of life that we often simplify out Absolutely. when we create Absolutely. art. Um, because was she right to say that? No, but no. she still said it. And she says it herself, like, I shouldn't say that, like, that's a bad thing to say, but I, I still believe it. And right. absolutely, like, that is a completely normal human yeah. opinion. Yeah. She just had the courage to voice those thoughts. Yeah. Um, and yeah just very interesting fascinating (laughs) very very interesting shall we talk about the film yes let's go (laughs) that was cute it was it stretched over that uh, remarkable six six and a half weeks back in 2006 and over ten days four now it's he he did say that he had sex with four of those women one. Can you come to me? Guilty. Can you come to me? Now we hear it's guilty on count one. That's Clara Martin. He has been found. Can you come to me? Killing Clara Martin. Clara was the first to go missing. That was October the 30th. Maybe even the early hours of the 31st. Can you come to me? Two. Can you come to me? Guilty. Yes, we are getting the verdict through now. He was caught on a automatic number plate recognition camera. He's also guilty of killing Anna Reynolds. So that's two guilty verdicts so far. There are five counts of murder. The guilty of the murder of Clara Martin. Guilty. Again, he's been found guilty of the murder. Of Emily Collingwood, the jury of nine men, three women spent six and a half hours deliberating this verdict. They went out to start the midday. Two more counts to go. Uh, 
Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So shockingly enough, the film was my introduction to this. Yes, it's the only thing I've seen. It's hard. There are some still images of the uh, stage production, yes. but not a lot out there. You will not see it. I don't ever think you'll see it again. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it, it seems to be very popular uh, 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 in with colleges in London to perform. Yeah, you'll see amateur. Yeah, you'll see yeah. amateur productions. Absolutely. Um, but I don't think you'll see it in the National Theatre, which is a shame. Yeah. Because it was a good, good production. Piece. Yeah. Um, yeah, no matter how many times I have emailed the National Theatre Archives saying I'm a librarian, saying I host this podcast, they will not relinquish <laughs> that footage. It's so under lock and key. I'll keep working on it. Um, I'll go down there one day and just be like, excuse me, could you please show me this? Thank you. Because um, I'm desperate to see it. Uh, <clears throat> but thankfully... Rufus Norris decided to make a film, mm-hmm. um, and a brilliant adaptation piece of musical goal. theater film. It's so good, <laughs> bloody hell! Yeah, it does all the things right, um, even down to the choreography and the staging, like things yeah. you wouldn't think that this piece needs choreography, yeah. but it's there. Do you know it won an award. It won an award for its choreography. Really good. Yep. I'm glad. 
over other musicals. Yeah. That's, I think that's hilarious. That's awesome. Because, yeah. it, it, you know... It, how do you how do you get how do you choreograph it, this musical? Right. Do you know but, what I mean? But you you know the answer is you just do it right. The answer is it. the choreography then becomes such a bigger artistic piece as opposed yeah. to a dance break because yeah. all the art you're putting on top of this thing, you know, smells more like art than yeah. in, in a normal musical. So you get to kind of I think I I imagine if you can get your mindset around that 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 sort of perspective is very liberating as a choreographer as an artist i think so yeah um i would love to like even see it now just because i think I, again even in sort of 20 or i guess 10 years but in that 10 years i've had a lot like um i'd love to see like stephen hoggett's treatment of it he was the guy who mm. did curious incident yeah um and harry potter sure uh just a really good naturalistic choreographer yeah um and i'd love to see his treatment of it yeah because uh, i think it would be really good but yeah it's it's as a film yeah like and i don't have any because good luck getting the cast recording from the play for this yeah right it's hard to find Uh, let alone seeing it um but the film soundtrack is there and the film is there for you and i am more than happy to say to people use that as your introduction to this musical because it is an incredible adaptation yeah i have i have no doubt that the stage production was great but i wonder if it feels i bet you the stage production is is fantastic I bet yeah. you the film, I would wager that the film is a better, uh, 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 I don't know, pinprick on the timeline of musical theater for this musical. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, first of all, because it will allow many, many, many more people to see it. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it handles the story of London Road yeah. better than the original play. Because it has that interviewing nature. It, it kind of takes away what might be an an unnecessary layer of art that the live theater has added on top of this thing because uh-huh. it's already got so many you know different uh, uh pieces of textile woven through the whole thing yeah. plus then it's live theater pretending to be interviews but actually the interviews pretending to be on camera and you get to abstract so much of that away yeah. Once you're filming the thing, once you can actually have a camera and cut from the over the shoulder, see the cameraman, see the newscaster, to the shot of the newscaster, to the television, to the people watching the television, to yeah. the people singing the thing at the television. It's just so much simpler to do all that on film. On film, exactly. And also, I think one of the, the key differences are the film isn't multi-rolled. Yes. Everyone is their own person. Yeah. Um, and I think that really helps. Um it's interesting. Like I do, I want to just talk a little bit about alienation. Okay. Um, because I think that is like a really key part of verbatim theatre. Yes. Right. That alienation effect. I think you need it because it is. It's not. It's not a story. Yeah. It's, do you know what I mean? It's. It's. It's, li- it's literally Brecht's metaphor for the alienation effect. Mm-hmm. Is you saw a car crash, you ran to someone else and described the car crash. Like, that is exactly what this show is. Not in a exactly. metaphor. It is, yeah. you know, you saw... And it is yeah. primary source. Yeah. Like, like, it's as it it pure as you can get. Um, so I think, um, obviously, in a theatre house, you you have a lot of tools to do that, and obviously multi-rolling it is one of them. And um, even just the, the whole strip back nature of the set mm-hmm. everything is pulled away um i think it's interesting that the film obviously can't 
do that because well, it's it, a it, it could have. I mean, it, they could have made a stylistic choice that way. Could you know take something like the movie version of Chicago? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I get. But even then, Chicago's still so immersive. Like, sure, its its conceit is so right ingrained in what it in, is. In I don't style. think it feels yeah. like. Uh-huh. Um, but even yeah, I think like just the fact that you're putting something on film mm-hmm. instantly takes away the alienation thing that you can get from theater because they're no yeah. longer real people right there is olivia coleman do you know right. what i mean it's, yeah. it's characters yeah um but i don't think it's to the detriment of the show i still think you get the story yeah. if not more more so and i don't like i i've really tried to think about how they've managed that yeah i mean um, they they have a bunch of tricks i forget what song it is but it's where she sits in that chair and everything moves out around her 10 like, weeks yeah yeah they do a ton of other things to take advantage of the 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 media for sure um i think like even just the opening yes the opening is genius it's so <laughs> so it's, the opening it's so brilliant um, isn't in the play Mm-hmm. Um, if you if that's your favorite number and you see a production of it, you're going to be disappointed. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, basically, the way the opening works, if you if you've not seen the film, please please watch it. Like please. Um, but the opening is uh, just various news reports reporting on these crimes that are happening. Yep. Um, from the early early stage. Uh, now that's in comparison to the play. Which opens up at the first uh, committee meeting or yeah, the first which AGM, is, which is about halfway through the film. Which is about halfway through the film, yeah. Um, and then, kind of in the narrative of the play, mm-hmm. you know, if we're doing this in chronological order, right, it they... would be about halfway through the story, right? Um, maybe just a wee bit after. Yeah. Um, but that's how they start, and then they also they talk about London Road and Bloom and the gardens, and yep. that's how the the show is introduced, and then they kind of peel it back in time to talk about well this is why we're doing this right here's um, let us let us tell you the story not right. not as explicitly but that's the structure they're mirroring yeah where the whereas the film is told chronologically yeah um and i don't know to me it, it makes more sense yeah i i i also don't know if it would have worked on stage because there is on stage yeah Seeing them as a united community at the beginning feels more important in the context of stage creation because mm-hmm. then you kind of know where we're going. Whereas I yeah. think audiences have a little more patience being thrown into a film and being confused for a second. Confused is yeah. the wrong word, but like not having all the answers. Uh-huh. Um, and for the film, then it makes it so much more powerful when they do unite as a community, when they do start meeting each other. Um, Whereas if you were watching it on stage, I imagine it would become a little trying to watch these individual people who are so nonspecific, you don't even know their name or if they are a different person, if you yeah. don't know the future purpose. So yeah, I, that's true. I think, I think both suit their medium well. Uh-huh. Um, and I think, I think as well, like if you're going to see London Road in a theater, you know what you're getting into. Sure. Whereas I think with the film, people will be watching it because Olivia Coleman and Tom Hardy are in it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or they might be watching because it's a musical and they're into that. Right. They might not be aware of what it actually is because I think um, the film uh-huh. sets up this, this is going to be weird. Right. In a much 
better yeah. way oh, yeah. in inverted commas than the play because the play throws you right in the deep end right right it's that um frog in the boiling water yes Is it a frog right and that was right yeah um the film very much just flings that frog in and it hops right out. Yep. I can see that happening. If people just being like, this is weird. I'm yep. not here for this. Um, but they're in a the national theater, so they're open to being a bit right. wanky. Well, and, the they, and they close the doors and turn the lights off and it would be weird if you left. Right. Um, whereas with the film, the water heats very, very gently oh, around yeah. you. Even it's, it's so tiny. Even letting you know that it's a musical takes a second. Yeah, which is so cool. It's it just it's just a news report. Yeah, to start with, and even like because they have some um, embedded text at the start where it says like this is their story exactly as they told it. They don't say this is a musical, right? At no point, um, because I I do imagine knowing our world, people would switch it off the second they see that M sure. word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the way that they set it up with the um, news reports. Uh huh. It's something we're so used to watching the news and hear like we can hear that musicality. Yeah, and they start to like hint it a little bit. They start to lean in just a bit more to vocalizing the music behind it. Yeah. But to the point where you're like, are they singing? Is that is that what it, hmm? exactly? You're like, oh, I can. Oh, that's quite fun. And yeah. then because you don't know, like, is that what the whole thing is going to be? Just like little da 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 da, like Glados. Right. Do you know what I mean? Is right, it gonna be exactly. That? Or is it going to be full number? Well, it will be full number. Yeah. Um, but I think even. The, the concept of them taking news reporters because news reporters have such a specific cadence to mm -hmm. their voice anyway yeah you know what i mean it's literally in their training right. of talking about a report yeah and you know what i mean da, 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 yeah, da. Yeah, yeah. we're so used to that that um cadence of speech um that that musicality that when we hear it with music it instantly makes sense yeah yep for us so we're familiar and we're ready and then they can launch you into it and then you're just like hang on this is great right because this works yeah but they they let um, you in with something that was familiar and that you could like attach to i mean i think that's why it is it you know it is that kind of accident of the news reporting motif being so applicable to this verbatim musicality that it made this thing popular and successful totally totally it's just it's a brilliant introduction such a smart change yeah um and yeah well just bravo whoever's idea that was because yeah. it, it, they did it so well and i think again that it, that's that idea of they got it so right for the yeah. first time of it being a thing yeah the first verbatim well, movie it's <laughs> i mean i think i think that is the you know that's the wrong way to phrase it though this mm -hmm. is because it is the first thing, it is right. Like, it's successful because it was a new idea, and then the new idea is kind of self-defining its category. But then, I, th I don't know, because it, there's been a lot of good ideas that are just good ideas, yeah. but the f they don't necessarily pay off. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, whereas this, I think, is a good idea yeah. that pays off. Yeah, fair. You know, because I don't. I think like if I attempted this, right, <laughs> I could have this great idea. I was like, do you know what would really work? Is yeah. if we musicalize speech. Sure, it would not be good, Tommy. I'll <laughs> tell you that much. It would be decent, yeah, but it would not be. But it is. To the it, extent it, it is but a. It's I a. It's a chicken and egg discussion of you know art and, I know, and genre. I know. Yeah, but I. Th I don't. I feel like one of my big biggest bugbears is when um, creators don't look at 
the full thing. Like, sure. Don't look at the adventure. Don't look at the pitfalls. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's me as an overthinker. Yeah. Sure. I do that all the time. Um, but and uh, to the detriment of my art because I don't create things because I'm like it's not gonna <laughs> work. You this start is to gonna panic. fail. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I um, feel that. Whereas I feel like Adam Quark looked at all of the eventualities and just corrected them as he went on. And yeah. It was just very intelligent about it. Yeah. Um, because it, 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 like I say, it just works. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's loads of loads of differences between the two in terms of the structure and, sure. and numbers. Um, I think if you can get a hold of the National Theatre recording, mm-hmm. um, key ones to look up mm-hmm. uh, on that are Shaving Scratch. I don't remember that one. I only made it through so, that one twice. Shaving Scratch is um, Tom Hardy's number. <laughs> oh, is that when he comes home bloody and they're or they're talking about it in the pub? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the the whole setting of the numbers is different. Um, in the play where it's called Shaving Scratch, uh, he it's a group of three guys um, sat at a table just having kind of lad chats. Yeah. Um, about the murders and uh. This, this one guy is like an expert on serial killers mm-hmm. and uh, has been studying them since his mid-teens. But it doesn't mean he's what he is one. Right. But um, uh, anyway, the <laughs> in that pub setting, it's him and his friends and they are kind of... Um, it's a slightly sort of eerier number mm-hmm. backed by the eerie Silent Night chorus as well um, where they're kind of presenting this idea of like could this be us showing you the villain like is right. this this kind of, is it a whodunit story yeah um and his friends talk about one time he came into the pub and he had blood pouring out his face uh-huh. um and he's like oh it was a shaving scratch and that's that's all it is right um but they have this idea of like well we could turn you in but you know it's half a million quid that we would be getting if we turned you you know yeah. what I mean turned you into the police um and just this other aspect of it Whereas in the film, um, it's Tom Hardy in a taxi. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the only one where I'm like... Uh, yeah, why didn't you... You could have kept it original. Yeah, yeah, you could have kept it the original. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's still good in the film because it's a conversation. Yes. It's not just a Tom Hardy monologue. Which exactly. Which is, I think, yeah. a risk that they easily could have run. Yeah. Um, and it, it still serves the same purpose. But I I would agree with you, I think, less effectively of, like, toying with the audience a bit, being like, ooh, is it this one? Yeah. Is it yeah. this guy? Because that's the thing. I think, uh, particularly with the chronological presentation of it, you could easily be led into thinking, is this going to be a whodunit? Right. And... um through like it could be him and through oh, yeah. tom hardy song that is the kind of story that they're presenting to you right um but then when um and that's when it all started mm-hmm. happens you realize actually this is a song this is a show about this community it's these right. people in their lives um and it has this shift and i, I just love that it's great storytelling yeah it is really it is really engaging it's really engaging and uh uh it's it's suspenseful it's you it, know it absolutely is it um it reminds me a lot have you listened to s town yes i have it does have right. that feel yeah because s it, it, in a very similar way to to this yeah um it's a it's s town is the true crime podcast from the makers of serial 
Yes, but it's true crime in inverted commas because it starts out yeah. as true crime. Yeah. Um, you know, so, like this guy writes into yeah. this American life yeah. and he's like, something's going down in my thing. There's been this murder that's been covered up. And you sound like, oh my God, great. It's going to be serial part two. Right. Um, and the uh, archivist, the interviewer, goes out to this community, befriends this man, and it ends up becoming the, this chronicling of this yeah. guy's just interesting life. And it's a beautiful piece because... Yeah. At no point at the start when you were listening to it, you were ready because you wanted the next Adnan Syed. Right. But what you're gifted yeah. is this beautiful, interesting life, yeah. this tragic life of this, of this guy. Yeah. Again, I thoroughly recommend yeah. anyone listening to that. But I think in the same way with London Road. There must... We have to find the long German word for that thing. Like, the... Because, like, S-Town has it, London Road has it tiger king has it like uh-huh. the this like real life storytelling capability to yeah. take the facts and present them to you in a way that is in, is entirely real or at least real enough that it's convincing mm-hmm. but in the right order it's i guess it is just storytelling i just want a longer it's more complicated bit, german thing, word yeah, it, it, it is storytelling, but it's real. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? It's not stories. There's no fancy. It's like story it's resetting. Just... It's like reality setting. Something like yeah, that, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, frame. Like, there probably is a... There a probably is a long German way, word, right? Yeah, <laughs> linguists out there will probably be able to tell us. But no, it, it's definitely a thing that all of these pieces take advantage of. And it is. It hooks you in with this, like, we all love true crime, don't right. we? Oh, ho, ho, who's it going to be? Who's yeah. g- where are you going to find out? Where's the twist? No, actually, this is a play about a community and you, you know, fall in love with it. Um, but again, with the film, mm-hmm. um, the, I don't know, just th- certain things are just a bit more poignant, yeah. I feel. Um, and I think it came from Alaki changing her mind about how religiously she sticks to the text. Yes. Um, one of again one of my favorite numbers but i've said that about six six (laughs) of the numbers so far oops um is 10 weeks Mm -hmm. um that we spoke about that's the one where the furniture has been taken away in the play it's set in a bingo hall Hmm. interesting um and the tempo is shifted up significant well not significantly but like like a, a good enough amount yeah um and uh I don't like it. Yeah, interesting. I don't like it at all um, because it's disarming. It's slightly comedic. Yeah. Um, because it starts off pink one eight nine. Everyone goes ow because it's the bingo. Right. Do you have bingo? We do, but we we just we don't call it pink. We'll call it it's B I G N R O. Okay. But oh. yes, they're, they're in, and so one through. Anyway, this is not interesting oh, okay, podcasting. Cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we describe the rules of bingo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so they get oh is it um we're really upset and it sounds a bit more like oh well, i just want that but i'm a bit more right i'm upset that i got it. my bingo i didn't get my number on my bingo card right um whereas in the film it's heartbreaking it's heart like i can't help but cry every single time i listen to it because yeah. it's just that like yeah it's it's so real it's so yeah emotional it's yeah. so heartbreaking so honest yeah um i think it's beautiful and again one of the things that the film just to keep pushing the greatness <laughs> of this film um is the orchestration oh it's gorgeous 
so I, the curse of the theater, right? This is mm-hmm. why I don't like theater. <laughs> this is why. Right? The orchestration of the play was percussion, guitar, bass, three woodwind, and keyboards. Oh, wow. And that's it, right? And you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the film has been right. fully scored. Yeah, they've got a cinematic orchestra. Yeah. And my goodness, does it benefit from it? Yeah. Because, again, just the, the storytelling that you can tell with that music of just adding strings mm-hmm. into a number like 10 weeks changes the whole atmosphere. Sure. Um, and it stops. This is, it, I kind of go back to what you said earlier about it. Is it a musical? Yeah. I think people could argue going into seeing it in the national mm-hmm. where they could say, no, it was a, a play. Yeah. Or an art because piece. Because of an art piece yes uh-huh um because of all these different like alienation things and right. i think the pink 189 yeah of 10 weeks is one of those things where it's like you're not going to get too engrossed because listen to what we're talking about in this song right do you know what i mean whereas in the film mm-hmm. you're there with that character yeah do you know what i mean this is just a moment in her life mm-hmm. um and it, it it's just so much more point and to me it's it's better musical theater yeah huh that's i i'm just i can't think of any other time when that's happened when the movies right. when the movie's better when Re- the movie's like gotten it so much yeah like the movie's just improved upon reefer madness does that i've not seen the film of reefer madness oh it's so good okay we'll, we'll do that one of these days oh, um, we will. Yeah, that I think that not and not to, I don't want to join that cabal of people like oh the movie sucks because I think the mu- the movies certainly have merit. Oh my god! Um, and there's the thing is is like a lot of the time they're just it's its own thing. That's what right. I always see with movie yeah. adaptations, even things that like lame is. It's its own it's thing. Its, own it's thing. like it's a revival. Yeah. Do you know? What I mean, that's all it is. Yeah. They've just done it a bit differently. Yeah. Um, but but to, I think to, to, so to improve drastically upon it, so improve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really think they have, and it, that's that's the thing is like I, I really implore many people to watch the film. Yeah, because I actually think it's more accessible. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, than anything else. Uh, and uh, what I kind of talked about earlier with the sex work aspect and how they mm-hmm. retell that story, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, it's the same text. Yeah, they tell a different. Yeah. story well i do i do think you're right that then it was probably a lucky getting a little more comfortable with changing her things because 10 weeks only one of those was the real thing either the bingo hall or moving out in the chair they both can't Absolutely. have been verbatim yeah in the strictest yeah. sense completely um and i imagine it was the bingo like i don't doubt that and right that's quite a, a key part of a lot of her plays is that she takes the environment and yeah. she works that in because it's a lot of the time so crucial. Sure. Um, she actually really has, there's another um, play that she has called The Girlfriend Experience. Okay. Um, and it's uh, in a brothel. Hmm. Um, and it's about, it's just like set in the one room in the, the front room of this brothel. I think it's like three or four um, of the women that work there. Um, and it's them talking about their lives basically hmm. um and it's not specifically like focused on the gentleman that they're with sure um or that they see it is talking a lot about like how 
that impacts their relationships and what are their aspirations and you know what are they doing um but a part a part of that play is um one of the days when she went to interview if you interview them uh they were setting up i think it was like a rowing machine huh um and that just had to become part of the play right because that's what they were talking about and that's what and she had this um weird uh compulsion because not compulsion this weird thing um where conflict that's what it is she had this weird conflict where uh, she wanted to help the person huh but the second she helps the person she's bringing herself into the play right and it is that, um, that quantum discussion uh-huh and so she found because she started off because she was just like i would just be so rude to just sit here and watch someone struggle making right. this thing so she started off and then she realized it, is it, it was impacting all of the conversations, her being involved in it. Yeah. So she took a step back and just was like, I'm sorry, I need to watch you struggle <laughs> and, <laughs> and let the, the conversation just happen with her being on the outside. Yeah. Um, and totally, totally fascinating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that idea of the environment right. playing such a big factor. Well, and even, you know, that, that shifting of the creation point, because she had the, you know, the, the um, canny thought in that moment to be like this is part of the story this is part of the story that i'm going to create yeah and it just you know the the reshuffling of that timeline is so interesting it wasn't on the page it wasn't on note cards on a bulletin board it was while experiencing this thing in real life and deciding what to pay attention to what to not interact with like all that yeah it's cool yeah um but yeah the, the kind of the gift of the film um and what it allows you to have compared to the play mm-hmm. um, is that, to me, I think the film puts the sex workers, it, it constantly reminds you that they're there. Yeah. Um, and that they're not being <laughs> helped. Yeah. You know what I mean, they're not being supported. Um, and when they get their number, you're, they, t- again, to me, they become the main characters almost. Yeah. Well, and even um, even at the end, because you follow one of them through this like big party, yeah, absolutely. Do. With you know, and they don't they don't make you you know they don't make you feel any particular thing about it. They just let you feel about it, which is so exactly delightful. because I think there's two big interpretations at the end there. So, um, what happens again if you've not seen it um, is a little girl kind of separates herself from the street party mm-hmm. um, and goes over to one of the sex workers who's just been watching from the distance and gives her a balloon. Yeah, um, and. Uh, she lets the balloon go and yeah. just the classic pan to the sky. Right. Um, I've seen some reviews saying that that's just really twee and it's just like a really obvious, hmm. uh, like sob story thing. Yeah. But I'm actually like, to be honest, I don't know if it is because I think if people were on team community, yeah. Right. They could see that as, Oh, well, isn't that nice at the end? The little girl is welcoming her into the community. Right. Right. But if you're on team sex work, it's like, she can't feel a part of this community right. because yeah. all it takes, you know, it takes this person who doesn't have any idea of who she is yeah. to physically interact with her. Um, and it's such a, a passing thing that doesn't, you know what I mean? That doesn't mean anything. There's, there's, the problem hasn't been solved right. at all. They're still there. They still need help. Um, and I, I, to me, I'm like, that's really smart yeah. because I think there's completely two different ways to take that so delightful go watch the film please please watch the film like please talk about this show to people like it's really 
it's really important. Yeah. Like, it, in our musical theatre history that we keep bagging on about, sure. this is an important moment. Well, and I, you know, I, I trade in this stuff and I knew nothing about this till you told me about it. It's just, it's yeah. Just and I think a lot of people have been in a similar boat, particularly across the pond. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've, you know, I mean, uh, I think obviously because it was a BFI film and Olivia Coleman was in sure. it and she's ours. Yeah. Um, people will be slightly more aware of it. But again, musical theatre is a different kettle right. of fish over here. So yeah. they won't be harking on about how, oh my God, this is so significant in the right. canon of musical theatre. Um, but you can, America. So. You can. You can indeed. <laughs> yep. Um, so please track this down, signed off about it. Um, yeah, just write the next one. Yeah. It works. Do you know what I mean? Although I guess to write, the, to write the next one, you have to find some other terrible crime that this happened and then dramatize it. Doesn't it, need, it doesn't need to be terrible crime. It can be three women chatting in a brothel. Fair. Fair. I'd watch that. Do you know what I mean? It can be a pandemic. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Where people on the outside of it come back and rebuild their lives. I wouldn't watch that. Maybe not now, but in 14 years' time. Fair. Fair. Um... Do you know what I mean? I just think it's, yeah, I really implore every single person who listens to this podcast to, <laughs> to take this in. Please do. Because I love it so much. <laughs> I love this show so much. I didn't say it that much, actually. Yeah, you did. <laughs> okay. Also, we didn't talk about the fact that um, It Could Be Him is one of the biggest bangers in oh it's such a bop ever. it's great <laughs> it's like banger yeah no, how'd you get so a banger good. in a musical it's so good especially they did it like way this. before sex <laughs> just saying <laughs> said it Mike Drive. gave us an extra point for having bass on the windowsill didn't you yeah <laughs> onion basket variegated ivy your fashion margarite yeah which makes a nice show the roses and then you've got I've uh, done really well this year yeah the I've got really 17 onion baskets pretty well yeah London Road. I feel like we walked down it and back several times. We absolutely did. <laughs> oh, there's so much more I could talk about. Tune in for part two. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, enough of London Road, Tommy. What's next? I got a quiz question. You ready? I'm so ready. Despite being the brainchild of British authors, this show prominently features the American spelling of a word in order to match a trademark. What show? You Americans. Dun, dun, uh, dun. 
Hey, if you would like to get in touch with us, please do. You can over on Twitter or Instagram. Our handle is at Jim Antomic. Or if you want to go ham about London Road, I'm sitting ready in my email inbox. Uh, drop us an email over at our website, jimantomic.com. And while you're there, you can check out our Patreon if you want to financially support the show. Thank you, as always, to all of our current Patreons. We adore you deeply. And like most podcasts, reviews on Apple Podcasts and other podcatchers always help us out. Yes, indeed. But please just go tell your friends all about this show. And I don't mean London Road, do that as well. Um, but yes, word of mouth is the best way for us to grow as a big old family. That's all we got. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sploosh. Sploosh. Get out of here. I will not. That's a great reference. <laughs> Ooh. Is that what he does? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea. Oh, okay. The Wind Waker. Oh, it is. Uh, if you went, <laughs> then I would know what you meant. <laughs> Kaboo! Anyway.